Wake up, Daddy's home. Your father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes. He saved 800 lives, including your mother's and yours. I dare you to do better. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. Every man dies. Now every man really lives. I'm a parent. I haven't got the luxury of principles. The great Oz has spoken. I'm Batman. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another and possibly last episode of Dad Bod to Father Figure. I'm your host, Ryan. First off, I want to send another shout out this week because it seems we have another new multinational listener. Uh, this week I noticed that we had a person from Germany, so welcome to the podcast, whomever you are. Um, this week I wanted to talk about something kind of silly, kind of fun, and a little creepy. Summer's coming, and what do folks like to do? That's right, they like to travel. Now this type of traveling may not be for everyone, and that is perfectly fine, uh, but I know this will appeal to some of you. I have done a little looking, and I've come up with the top 25 haunted places in Michigan, so that you can plot out, plot out a summer road trip, and check these places out if you're so inclined to do so, and report back to us if you have any type of occurrences while doing so. Um, I will say this type of stuff intrigues me, but not enough really to go to any of them <laughs> um, and try to drum up spirits of the dead and tick them off. I do on occasion watch an episode of Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters on TV because, as I said, I'm intrigued. Um, are ghosts and spirits and demonic beings really out there? Some say yes. Some say no. I don't know. In my case, I haven't seen anything myself. Just what I see and hear on TV or YouTube videos. Um, these places I'm going to tell you about have apparently all been the real deal. So let's get to them um, just here after a quick word from our sponsors. Um, so hang tight. And we are back. Welcome back. Today, the top 25 places to visit for hauntings in Michigan. Let's start this list. Number one, Old City Orphanage in Marquette, Michigan, formerly Holy Cross Orphanage, built in 1915 and abandoned in the mid-60s. According to occupants of the orphanage, the nuns would mentally and physically abuse the children. One such treatment was a story of a little girl who went outside to play in a blizzard and wound up dying from pneumonia some days later. As punishment, the nuns set her body out for all the other kids to see. Now, supposedly, if you walk by the building on a quiet night, you are able to hear the children crying. Number two, the Paulding Light in Paulding, Michigan. It is known for a weird light display along Highway 45. There have been several paranormal teams, and even Ripley's Believe It or Not, that have investigated, but so far, not an answer has been found. Locals believe small spheres of red, white, and green are ghosts of a railroad worker who died while trying to switch the tracks or of a Native American man dancing along the power lines. Um, apparently you can go and park along the highway and the lights appear at night. Number three, Mackinac Island. Several spots on the island lend themselves to the paranormal. The Grand Hotel, which was built on the first military post cemetery, Fort Mackinac, that has actually been investigated by ghost hunters, and the Mission Point, where apparently a young man shot himself over a heartbreak. They call the island a paranormal researcher's dream. 
Uh, number four, Calumet Theater. Opened as an opera house in the 1900s, it gradually transitioned to films and plays. As the story goes, there was an actress named Madame Helena Mojeska who worked there during her life. Um, and in the 1950s, another young actress was performing, forgot her lines. She happened to look up into the balcony and saw Majeska who was mouthing the words to her. People say they feel temperature changes, presences, and hear music that does not come from a source. Number five, Soul Choi Point Lighthouse. In 1895, the lighthouse was deemed by French fur traders as their only choice for a stop along the route through Lake Michigan. Joseph Townsend was the lightkeeper for many, many years. He had a brother who was a captain who would come and visit him from time to time. One such visit, the captain fell ill and died at the lighthouse. The body was embalmed and kept in the basement for weeks and weeks as the family wanted to come and pay respects. There have been reports of strange smells, footsteps, and odd noises. Uh, they have a museum now you can visit and a haunted lighthouse tours um, in October. Very scary. Uh, number six, Traverse City State Hospital. This place is probably about 10 minutes from my house, um, so this one's actually pretty cool. Um, I passed by the old um, remodeled cottages, um, uh, the old grounds pretty often. They, they, um, they're called the commons now. The buildings that remain actually have been bought and remodeled into cottages and restaurants, shops, etc. Um, it was constructed in 1885 and closed over 100 years later. It was used as an asylum for mentally unstable people and those with tuberculosis, polio, and other such diseases. There are underground tunnels and caged balconies throughout the grounds, behind the grounds. There is said to be a portal to hell itself called the Hippie Tree. Um, there have been several investigations and several books written about the old state hospital. Number seven, Pierre Cheney near Grayling, Michigan. It used to be a 19th century sawmill village. Diphtheria and cholera, uh, cholera sorry, ravaged the town, and the town eventually was abandoned sometime around 1912. Stories say nothing but a strange moss grows there, and the cemetery could even hold the bones of a witch. Visitors say they hear voices and see orbs. Some say they have even had children's handprints on their cars. Number eight. Old Presque Isle Lighthouse was active for almost 31 years before it was said to be haunted. Tales of screams from the tower, which some speculate were the wife of the keeper who had been locked in the tower. A new couple moved in the 1990s to run the lighthouse and manage the museum and give tours. The husband passed after he did. The disabled, the disabled light is said to come on at dusk and turn off at dawn. Number nine, Bowers Harbor Inn, also in Traverse City, known as the Mission Table Restaurant now. The building is said to be haunted by a ghost named Genevieve. Her husband was the inn owner who ultimately had an affair with the nurse that he hired to care for his wife. And in his will, gave her all his, um, he gave the nurse all of his money and left Genevieve with just the inn. Genevieve, Genevieve eventually hung herself in the elevator of the inn. Staff and customers say they see her in one of the restrooms and often on the stairs. She slams doors, turns on lights and turns on and off lights, and makes pans fall. It's also rumored that she doesn't take kindly to visiting nurses. Number ten, Michigan Bell Telephone Company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The building was built on the grounds um, that used to host a lavish mansion. There was a husband and a wife named the Randalls. The husband, Warren, lost his leg as a railroad worker and had to have a prosthetic. 
He always felt like his wife didn't love him the same after that. Um, he ended up accusing her of affairs due to insecurity. Neighbors noticed a strange smell coming from the house. Investigators found the couple dead. He had beat his wife with his prosthetic leg and then slit his own throat. Workers in the building now say they can still hear the arguments from time to time and believe they are causing a after-hours after eerie phone calls to the telephone company. Number 11, Hell's Bridge in Rockford, Michigan. Uh, it was a source of adventure between the Rogue River and the surrounding woods. In the 1800s, children began to go missing. Parents would split up and send out search parties. One townsman, Elias, Elias Friske, warned the parties of demons that surrounded the area, volunteered to stay behind with the remaining children. As soon as parents were out of the area... Um, and they were gone. Frisky took the kids to the Rogue River and murdered them. Parents came back as he was beginning to throw the bodies over the bridge. Parents hung him on what is now known as Hell's Bridge. Swimmers in the area, in the river, can uh, sometimes feel something grab their ankles and the devil's laughter echoing off the bridge at night. Um, number 12, Bath School Massacre. Happened in 1927 and is said to be the deadliest school massacre to date. There was a farmer named Andrew Kehoe. He all, uh, was also a school board member, and he opposed an upcoming millage that would turn would raise his taxes. When it passed, the farm he owned was foreclosed on. He then killed every animal on his farm, murdered his wife, burned the house down, and then went to the school and set off 500 pounds of dynamite. The blast killed dozens of students and teachers. A superintendent uh, waved over to Kehoe to help to come help get the kids to safety, but instead he tried to light another round of the dynamite. His rifle misfired and killed him. The final death toll was 44 with an additional 58 injured. All the children have received headstones over the last 87 years, and every year each headstone gets a child's toy of some sort. No one seems to see or know who delivers them, but some say it's a friendly ghost who keeps putting the heads, putting the toys on the headstones every year. Sorry, folks. Uh, number 13, the Bruce Mansion in Brown City, Michigan, has a history of strange deaths accompanying the house and the property. A man driving accidentally hit a pedestrian that was walking the property, decided to bury him near the house. Then the driver hung himself inside the bell tower. In 1996, Bill Masiek and his sister Barbara Millsap became owners of the mansion. They report doors being forcefully closed. In 2009, the Waite family became owners due to foreclosure. They report hearing children's voices that do not seem to be there and say many former tenants haven't left the house. Number 14, Felt Mansion in Sagatuck was constructed in 1928. It was originally a gift to inventor Dor Felt's wife, Agnes. After she passed and the family left the house, it became a seminary and then a police and drug enforcement agency. Now, it is being restored to its former glory. People believe, though, that Agnes walks the halls. A shadowy figure waltzes around the bedroom, heavy doors open and close on their own, and there are even reports of Agnes reprimanding guests that she felt were too crude to be in her presence. Number 15, the Tuberculosis Sanitarium. Um, it was actually shut down um, and given to Kalamazoo Psychiatric Hospital and then closed for good in 1990. 
Um, locals and neighborhoods claimed to hear screams and tortured cries coming from within. Some saw figures walking by the windows. Um, now, here's the funny thing about this one is I'm actually from Kalamazoo originally. I know this place all too well. My friends and I would often drive by or walk by along the fence uh, to try to catch a peek of something. Um, the building actually has been torn down now and apartments have been built over it. Um, but I wonder if anyone living there now has had any experiences. It would be fun to find that out. Um, 16. The Jewett House. Purchased by the family in the 1920s, converted it into a funeral home. The funeral home closed in 1990, became a rental property. Residents come and go as they report nightly whistling, footsteps on the second floor, hearing voices that do not belong to anyone, balls being moved around, and smells of cigar smoke. Number 17, the Masonic Temple in Detroit, built by 1912, uh, built in 1912 by George Mason. It boasts over 1,000 rooms, secret staircases, hidden compartments, and the floors throughout. Mason went overboard with financing the build. His wife left, and he became increasingly depressed. He jumped from the roof. Guards claimed to see him ascending the steps to the roof, also slamming doors, strange cold spots, and visitors feeling watched. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number 18, River Raisin National Battlefield Park, where one of the largest and bloodiest battles in Michigan were fought, also known as the Battle of Frenchtown. After several days during the War of 1812, that led to the loss for the United States by the British, soldiers were led by their captors. Uh, maimed soldiers were abandoned and eventually killed by Native Americans in a surprise attack. Over 1,000 soldiers lost, uh, lost in the war were killed, Paranormal investigators have used music and other triggers of the time to bring out activity. Figures in doorways, windows, and on the field have been photographed. Also, reports of sounds of war and cries of agony have been heard. Uh, let's see. 19. Northville Psychiatric Hospital was built in 1952, shut down in 2003. The hospital was constructed with numerous tunnels to various buildings to transport patients. By law, the tunnels are unable to be visited, but there are always a few that get in, and they have reported feelings of being touched or breathed on, also noises like footsteps and chains clinking. Number 20, the Whitney Restaurant, constructed originally in the 1890s as a home for David Whitney and his wife. It was restored in 1986, is now used as a restaurant. Reports of table settings moving, an elderly gentleman staring out a window, an elevator that moves between floors without anyone in it. Uh, 21, Bones Head Barbecue, built in the 1880s in the building. Uh, the building has been a post office, a general store, a coach shop, a butcher shop, and an ice house. It is said to have lights turned on off and on. Many customers see a woman in a white dress on the staircase, and one little girl saw an extra reflection in a mirror in a bathroom. Uh, they have heard phantom footsteps and whispers. Folks report seeing someone cleaning the windows on the third floor. 22, Eloise Asylum in Whistland, Michigan, built in the 1830s and was then known as the Wayne County Poorhouse, which was home to the mentally ill. Uh, many reports were made of unsafe practices toward patients. patients. Workers and trespassers report hearing voices seeing former patients walking the hall. Uh, the playground, which was built for hospital workers' kids in the cemetery, is said to be the most haunted, as they hold over 7,000 patients. Many incidents of growls and moans have been reported. 
23, Cole Adam House. In the early six, 1960s, Bill Cole Adams and family moved into their home. He worked a night shift, set up a small bedroom to sleep during the day. He reported strange noises and smells. He later reports seeing a decomposing woman in a blue dress multiple nights in a row. He opted to then sleep in the same room as his wife. Um, his mother-in-law came to visit. They set her up in a small bedroom between, uh, in the back of the house, where she also reported a rotten stench and bad dreams. Pets and children would not go into that room. After a few more visitors reported the same experiences, the rotted smell um, it didn't end up leaving the house for some days, I believe weeks. Uh, the family began to search for a new home. Uh, 24. The Ada Witch. In the early 1800s, there was an adulterous woman who was watched by her husband as she went to see her then-lover. The husband killed his wife and then went after her lover. Today, the women's ghost is supposed to be spotted at Seedman Park, where the murder took place, Honey Creek Road, where her body was found, and Finley, Finlay Cemetery, where she was buried. Historians have never been able to find that any such murder took place or that her body is even buried at Finley. Uh, no evidence explaining why she is referred to as a witch. There have um, been bluish mist, streaks, weeping, shoulder tapping, and footsteps around the area. 25. Last one on the list, and certainly not least. Again, another one in Kalamazoo that I've been to on a couple of occasions. Uh, the Henderson Castle. Over a century old, it is now a bed and breakfast. The home's original owners, Frank and Mary Henderson, also a Spanish American soldier, a little girl, and even a dog interact regularly. They speak through unplugged radios and tapping on unsuspecting visitors, sometimes appearing in full form wearing period clothing. Um, so, wow. Okay, so that's that's the last of the list, guys. Um, did anything sound appealing to you? Any place you think you might want to visit for a chance to encounter a ghost, a spirit, or another entity? Um, I have to admit, they all sound kind of spooky. I'm not sure I need to be venturing into any of those places anytime soon. Um, but hey, if you do, if you're into that and you go and, and, and you see something or hear something, hey, report back to us. Or if you have been in, in, in any of these places and you know of any you know, kind of cool sightings or, or, or um, hearing anything, definitely report back to us. We'd love to hear about it. Um, so thanks guys. Thanks for tuning in. I share, uh, and for sharing the podcast. Um, it's cool that it's getting out. Um, I love that we are reaching some folks, um, even out of the USA. That's awesome. Um, that's what I got for you this week. I hope you enjoyed the whole episode. This week's joke has to be about ghosts, right? So what do you call a ghost of a man with a broken leg? A hoblin goblin. Thanks y'all. Hope you have a great week. And remember, this isn't a dad bod. This is a father figure. <laughs>